I thought Heath Paget was a millionaire, so I was like, I'm just gonna do what he's doing, right? This is the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 230. Welcome back to the show. My name is Alyssa Paget, and today we are bringing back Liz Wilcox. We had Liz on the show back on episode 164, talking about how to get your blog, how to get your business to stand out among the competition. And today we're bringing her back to share the saga of how she actually sold that blog. One thing that I know we've talked about many times before on the show and on our own blog is the importance of treating a blog as a business. And that's something that Liz did from day one. She wanted it to be a business and she knew that ultimately she wanted to sell it. In this episode, she's going to share the process of getting started a few years ago, her multiple income streams that she developed as she tried to figure out how to make money and how she ultimately packaged up her blog to be sold. One big thing I learned listening to Liz that I didn't know was that she actually sold her blog in our RV Entrepreneur Facebook group. And she's not the first person to sell their business in our Facebook group. Liz talks more about this in this interview, but that was, I had no idea until I heard it in this episode. So that was really, really fun to hear. Before we dive in, let me throw it over to Heath real quick and a message from this week's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Pillow Pack. One thing almost every RV lacks is a place to hang things up and store a backpack but you definitely need one for hiking or taking an overnight trip or just packing up your laptop to go work at a coffee shop. Pillow Pack offers a line of lightweight machine washable backpacks and organizing bags that easily roll and stow away in small spaces like an RV. We just spent the last two weeks in Florida and we stayed a short two minute walk away from the beach and used the 55 liter Pillow Pack to fill with towels, snacks, water, extra clothes, and we brought along the utility bag to store our wet towels so that the snacks and clean clothes didn't get sandy or wet. It was pretty awesome. And since the bags are all machine washable before we left Florida, we could run everything through the washing machine so we aren't tracking sand around everywhere. Pillow Pack has a line of different bags depending on what you're looking for. From the casual day hike with the cube pack, a day away from the rig with the pillow pack, to storing water hoses with the utility bag or packing those muddy shoes in the shoe bag. To check out all of their super lightweight, easily rolled and stowed and fully machine washable products and pick up a pillow pack of your own, visit getpillowpack.com. That's pack without the C. So pillowpackpak.com. I just used our pillow pack to head out to the hot springs in Uray out here in Colorado, and I totally forgot it. In the back of my car, full of wet towels, so I cannot emphasize enough how nice it is that this thing is in my washing machine right now. And if you're listening to this episode the week that it airs, Tuesday, May 25th to Monday, May 31st at midnight, Pillow Pack is running a Memorial Day sale for 20% off of your purchase when you use the code HONOR20. I'll drop a link for that along with the code in the show notes for you. Speaking of links, Liz also mentions a ton of podcasts and blogs and books and resources during this interview, and all of those will be linked in the show notes as well. Okay, without any further hype, here are Liz and Heath. Liz, what's up? Oh my gosh, I'm back. I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel It feels like home. I'm really excited. But now your home is a beautiful place along the Florida coast, and that is equally cool. Yes, it is. But my daughter, she's now six, and she doesn't think it's cool at all. The uh, I don't know, like a month or two ago, she was like, Mom, we need to get back in the rig. This house doesn't have wheels. Like, I'm really ready to go. We've been here a long time. I think one of the most fun stories, like you, you've been on the podcast. Was it like a couple years ago that you came on the podcast? I feel like it's been a while, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It was a couple years ago. Yeah. So you came on and you guys were on the road for a while. And I loved what you said whenever you y'all moved into your new place in Florida after having been on the road for a while. Didn't Chelsea walk in and she was like, all this room is for us? Yes. So we live in a two-bedroom condo. It's probably, I don't know, 12 to 1,400 square feet. And so compared to, you know, 2007 Jayco Greyhawk, like it's a mansion. And she was like, she clenched her chest, y'all. Like she was, she was like, oh, this for us? 
wow. You know, like, you know, you do Airbnbs and things like that when you live on the road, you know, with family and stuff like, I know you and Alyssa just recently did that with your folks. And so, you know, usually you have to share a big space when you get in the big space. Like she was like, wow. And she literally said, I'm so honored, mom. (laughs) She's a trip for sure. I love it. I feel like there's something like a YouTube series or maybe just a saying that like kids say the funniest things. And I'm excited for Ellie to be able to, you know, just like say random things. It's like, I can't believe that's your perspective, but it's amazing. And I'm here for it. But yeah, so fun. I'm excited to dig into your story today for things that have happened since we talked on the podcast a couple of years ago, which is you started a blog called the virtual campground and it was quirky stories uh, about your <laughs> RV adventures to say the least. And it came with an email list and a lot of other things, but you eventually sold that blog. And a lot of the people that we've hung out with on the road or friends we've met, there's a lot of people that document and create and share their journey of their, uh, of their travels. And sometimes it's literally just like a journal and other times it's being monetized through ads or products, or, you know, maybe they built an audience on YouTube or whatever. There's a million different formats, but one of the things I haven't come across a lot is somebody who's actually been able to start that blog and then exit that blog. I hear of it all the time in the finance world. I think every yeah. financial, I feel like every financial blogger has sold a blog or something. That's, that's their exit plan for, I don't even know who buys those things, but they do. But I thought it would be cool to dig into why you first started the virtual campground and, you know, did you have any intentions of selling it? And if somebody didn't, doesn't know what your blog was, can you kind of explain what your blog was at the beginning and then kind of what it became? Yes. Oh my word. I'm so freaking excited to tell this story on your podcast. So I first got into RVing because I was, I had actually rented an Airbnb. I was moving from New York to Alabama and my ex-husband had said something like, well, we should just move into an RV and be really cheap because the deal on our house fell through. And I was like, I would never do that. I'm a dignified woman. And then I thought, I thought about it. And I was like, wait, that's probably way cheaper than a house. So I rented one off Airbnb or something and, you know, just stationary for the night as I was traveling. And I'm not even joking you as I, I sat down, I had Chelsea was like, I don't know, two years old at the time or something, maybe not even. And I sat down, I turned the TV on, and whose face was on the TV, but Heath Paget. I'm not even joking. I didn't even have to, you know, turn the channel or anything. And it was you and Alyssa on that show, Going RV or whatever. I I still, every time someone brings that up, I literally literally forget that that ever happened, but keep going. (laughs) Yeah, so I saw Heath's face, and I see them buying this Winnebago, and in my head, I'm like, how the heck are these children buying this brand new Winnebago? So I, you know, I wait for the, the, you know, the overlay. I'm like, what's their names? And I, oh, he's Alyssa Padgett. Okay. So I Google them on my phone and I see, you know, this was back when they had separate blogs. It was like HeathPageant.com. You know, he had some viral Um, why you should live in an RV, you know, everybody and their mother has them now, blog posts, (laughs) and I was like, oh, I think I, this guy's a blogger, I should do that, and we bought the RV, and um, then, you know, I started looking at Heath's blog again, and, you know, listening to this podcast very much so, and I was, I took your, you know, like how to, how to travel on a budget or whatever the heck it's called, your freebie course. I took notes. I was sitting in bed in my fifth wheel and Ed came home one day and I was like, dude, you realize like people live in these things. He's like, what the heck was we live in this thing? I'm like, no, like on the road, they travel, like check out, you know, check out these folks, da, da, da. Like they're younger than us. We could do that. And he's like, but how, like I'm in the military. I'm like, I'm going to start a blog just like them. In my head, like, I thought you guys were millionaires, <laughs> like, and I thought you made all this money from blogging. I had no idea because you hadn't sold me not one thing, but I didn't make that, like, connection in my head. But, I mean, this was before, like, your documentary had even come out or anything. I think you guys were just producing it at that point. And so I, I started this blog, and so I, I say all that because... I started my blog as a business. I didn't start it like a lot of other RVers do where it's like, I'm going to document my travels. Like my parents think I'm crazy, but I'm going to show them 
like I'm doing all these awesome things or whatever the reason is people start RV blogs. For me, I would, I would never start a travel blog if I didn't want to monetize it because it's a lot of work. <laughs> so I started it as a business. I knew that I wanted, I thought Heath Paget was a millionaire. So I was like, I'm just going to do what he's doing, right? Just for the record, and, I don't think I ever, I think during this time I was still documenting my, <laughs> yes, finance, my finance reports. So you didn't go back and look at like our expenses no, and like I revenue. Just, <laughs> no, I just looked at, I just, I just was like, wow, they were on TV. They must be a millionaire. I grew up very poor. So to me, it was like, you know, getting a flashlight shined in my eyes. I was like, wait, you can, I had no idea you could make money online, let alone like a documentary or you could travel. Like when I say a millionaire, like I just mean someone, like I probably didn't think they were millionaires. So I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack and say that. But I thought that, you know, I was, I was like, wow, they're really doing it. Right. And so for me, it was, it was like, I could do it too. Like, these people, I mean, I think you guys are only a few years younger than me, but to me, I was like, these kids are doing it. I'm smart. Why can't I do it too? And so I really took that and ran with it. And then you guys started uh, talking about how you were going to put on the RV Entrepreneur Summit. And I was like, I think I was one of the first people to buy. I was just super, super freaking jazzed. So I started this blog as a business. I knew I wanted it to make the money to allow my then husband to get out of the military for us to travel for me to live this new life that I had thought you know I was like this is my this is my dream this sounds amazing and I I love to travel Heath and I were talking before we hit record about like oh I was just in Connecticut and I'm going to Washington next week and I'm going to Michigan like I've I've traveled so much in the last year despite you know us being in a house but anyway you know, I just, I just went for it. And at six months of starting the, well, so I will say it wasn't always called the virtual campground. It, it started because of a podcast episode where Heath and Alyssa, they argue about what to name, like they were going to merge their blogs. Right. And so they're like, should it be the rventrepreneur.com? Should it be Heath and Alyssa? And Alyssa made a great point about just buying your, your name. So I bought lizwilcox.com. After about six months, I hooked up with Camille Tell. She's been on the podcast before, and we started an accountability group. And I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to be talking about RVing forever. Like, again, because I started it as a business, like, and I, I was starting to see, like, other niches and things. I said, I think I should change the name. What do you think about the virtual campground? And Camille was like, oh, dude, that's so good. You've got to change the name. So I looked and the virtualcampground.com was available. I bought it. I paid Amanda. I think, I think she might've been on the podcast too. She bought Danny. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Schnackenberg. <laughs> she bought her blog or her business through y'all's Facebook group as well. But anyway, I'm just saying it's all connected, right? Like it all goes back to the RV entrepreneur, right? So I used her to change over from LizWilcox.com to the virtual campground. And I'm, I mean, if you've never seen me, you can probably tell just by listening to this podcast that I have a pretty dynamic personality. I'm not afraid to just tell it like it is or be myself. Like right now you can't see me but I'm wearing like a rainbow sweater. I have sync posters in my background. Like I've just always been that kind of personality, which I think, you know, I will say like attributed to some of the success of the website. But at that time I started to realize, and this was only about eight months into the website that I didn't want to be the center. I saw the, the blogs, like actual blogs, not businesses, like the blogs that were super successful kind of like Heath uh, hinted to, they don't have the person at the center. It's about the community or it's about the solution. So financial blogs, like Heath was saying, like, you know, it's easy for them to sell it because it's about, you know, teaching people finance. So I was like, okay, but I wasn't even traveling. So I'm like, what am I going to, what am I going to talk about if I'm not the center? And I just started talking about like crappy RV stories. And I say crappy, like some of them were, yes, like black tank horror stories, but just like, you know, that RVing isn't everything that Instagram tells you it is. It's not always perfect. It's crowded. It can be 
you know, it can be crappy literally and figuratively. And I was living in this RV. We were remodeling it. It was, we were not having a good time. And so I just started focusing on that, not in a negative way, but in a very humorous way. And it really started to catch on. And I started partnering with folks. You know, I mentioned Camille earlier. We created a business together with two other RV bloggers called Full-Time Freedom Week. And it just started blowing up. And I really just kept focusing on like the humor of RV life. Like it is pretty humorous. Like, oh, you live in this cardboard box that rolls down the road. Like, you know, it's not it's not Instagram. It's not always perfect. It's crowded. It's hot. It's cold. It's stressful. Right. And then as I was doing that, I was just building up assets for the blog. I know Heath, before we started recording, you mentioned that, you know, it had been about a year building assets before I sold it, but really it was more like two and a half years. I always knew that I didn't want to own the virtual campground it was just a stepping stone, if that makes sense. So when you first started, you said, I didn't start it just as a travel journal or so I could tell my parents all the cool stuff I'm doing. You started it <laughs> as a business or with that frame of mind. What are some of the things that you did when you started your blog to have more of a business outlook, if that makes sense? Sure. So, you know, I went to all the little webinars, right? And everyone was saying, you know, all the gurus, quote unquote, they said, you know, I wish I would have taken my email list more seriously. And so I started an email list right away with the blog. You know, the day I released the blog, I asked people to join the email list as well. You know, like my social media, like my page, whatever. But like, really, I just want you on my email list because everyone says I can sell you there. <laughs> and also, and this is something I teach now that I do email marketing in my welcome sequence. So when you joined my list, I told you I was a business. I said right up front, even though I had never created a product in my life, I didn't know how I was going to do that. But in the very, I think at the time it was the, the first email I said, Hey, my name's Liz Wilcox. I don't know what I'm doing, but this, this is going to be the business that I have so I can hit the road. And eventually that evolved into a much like prettier sentence. Now I say something like, I'm going to offer you free and paid resources. I'm pretty sure the new owners still have that line in their welcome sequence because it's important for a blog and a blogger to tell people up front, I'm a business, right? Like a lot of content creators, you know, they see a lot of backlash. I see, especially with YouTubers, when they create a ton of content every week, it's free then they launch a course and it flops. It's because their people think of them as free content creators. I didn't want anyone to think of me as free because dang it, I was trying to hit the road, right? Mm. I don't have, you know, I didn't have any support. Like even at the time, poor Ed, he, he was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This girl's actually doing it. I thought she was just bluffing. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just wanted people to know upfront, like eventually this is how I'm going to be like, making money. And so you should, you know, if you don't like that, you should get out right now. And I still do that to this day. And I teach that. But anyway, I did that just telling people I'm a business up front. And also just sharing every part of the journey as far as being a business like, Oh, I'm going to try to, you know, write for this company, I'm going to do this. And also, I used honestly, I, I went into the RV entrepreneur Facebook group a lot. And I met a ton of people in you know trying to make rv blogs i you know i think this was even before the search feature was available on groups so i would just scroll and scroll and scroll and i looked for anybody that had an rv blog and i would dm them and i'd say what are you doing to make money and i would you know i just straight ask them and some people were like well i'm not and other people were like well let's get on a call i'll tell you and I went to the RV Entrepreneur Summit and my goal there was just to get noticed. And I was taking, I was taking pictures, like I took a selfie in front of Heath and Alyssa's RV at like six in the morning and I posted in the group. I was like, creeping while you're sleeping. <laughs> I was like, just so desperate to figure out how to make money. So, but I know I'm, I'm really good at getting people's attention. So another strategy I used, yeah, was just teaming up with bloggers. Like I mentioned, I teamed up with Camille. 
Lindsay McKenzie, Julie Chickory. We created a virtual summit. Heath and Alyssa were involved in the very first one. At the time of this recording, we're gearing up for our sixth event um, in four years. And just being able to build off of each other, this is a great tip for anyone who's blogging. Like being able to see people that are doing very similar things to you as collaborators and not competition. It's like, think of it like, you just link arms with them and suddenly you become bigger. And so when we created that first event together, we had over a thousand people. We made, I don't know, like $4,000 or something and split it amongst ourselves or whatever. But it was, it gave us the appearance of like, holy crap, who are these girls? They must be so big. They're putting on this event. Who is, and I was the one like going live that very first year. And so who is this Liz Wilcox? Let me go check out her site, the virtual campground. What is that? If you're able to do things like that with people that you would probably normally think of as competition, like it really helps you grow super duper fast and turn yourself into a business like that. And I'm sure it probably also just helps from feeling like you have people in your corner who you can call up and just say, Hey, I'm having a tough week or I can't figure this out or what are you doing? Like you just don't feel like you're doing it alone because it is inherently kind of a solo adventure unless you have someone like that or you're doing it with a partner or something, right? Yeah, 100. I'm so glad you brought that up. So number one, I don't believe in the term solopreneur. Like I think that's so gross. Like there's no such thing or you're not, you're going to give up. That's why so many businesses fail, right? Like, but when you have partners or friends or whatever, it's so much easier. And I remember when we were, I don't know, a month or two out on the road, we were parked at like some outlet mall in Florida, right? As we've all been parked before. (laughs) And I had, I had an accountability call with these three women and I was crying and I was, I was getting ready to tell them that I was going to quit and I wasn't going. And this was after our successful event. And after I, at this point, I'd already created three digital products. I was making, I wasn't making a ton of money, but like I had made money, right? I could see that clearly this formula works if you just keep going. You know, I had an email list of probably 1200 people, but I was done. I was like, it's way too, I can't do this and travel and take care of my child. And, you know, I was like, oh gosh, I'm not, I'm so nervous. I'm going to tell them I'm quitting. You know, they're going to try to talk me out of it. I'm not going to be talked out of it. And this is why I don't know if I've ever told the story to anyone. Heath, you're such a good listener. Thank you. <laughs> and they kept calling me, you know, we were doing, we were doing it over like Facebook, you know, cause we all had terrible internet. So we were just doing like a Facebook call and I kept ignoring it. Cause I was, you know, I was chicken. I was like, I'm not, I can't do it. Oh, I don't want to tell them. I'm just going to email them. And finally, after like six calls, they kept calling me. They're such good friends. And I picked up and they're, you know, they're, we're talking about something. And, oh, I think we were trying to pitch ourselves to you and Alyssa to let us talk about our event or something like at the RV Entrepreneur Summit or something. And so they just automatically, they just go into it, Liz, what's your feedback? And I just started crying and they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, this is too hard. I can't believe I convinced my husband to quit his military job. What, what was I thinking? I'm never going to make money. You know, that real like pit that all entrepreneurs get into. I don't remember how it went other than they basically all called me like ridiculous. (laughs) And they were like, Liz, you know, what are you talking about? You you know, you execute on all your ideas. They always seem to work. You're doing a great job. You're just now, you know, your wheels are just now turning. Like you can't quit now. And they told me that, you know, like just sleep on it. Obviously this is your decision to make. Of course, the next day I felt fine. Well, I mean, I still felt like crap, but I was like, yeah, that, that was dumb. Like, I'm, I'm glad you guys convinced me not to quit, but yeah, it's so important to have people in your corner. It's so important. That story reminds me of myself probably on probably at least 20 different occasions for campground booking. <laughs> I mean, I swear, like one day I called up my co-founder, Paul, and I just said, dude, I need to get out. Like I need to be done with the business. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm burned out. And I, I, one of the things I've talked about, you know, ad nauseum on this podcast, but it's just like a frame that's been really helpful for me over the years is like this concept of financial runway, but also emotional runway, I think is just as important as an entrepreneur. Like you are just as likely to run out of 
like juice in your engine from being burned out as you are money in a lot of ways, especially if you're being frugal, money actually may not be a problem. Like if you're just, you know, kind of building things up on the side and you have other income sources. But for me in those moments, I remember calling my friend Garrett a little over a year ago, like we were in Florida in February of 2020 before the pandemic. And I was just like, man, I'm just kind of feeling burned out. And, and it comes and goes, you know, you have good days where a customer says something really great and things are going really well. And then the next day, it just feels like everything is absolutely pointless and you wasted the last five years of your life. And I, you know, I remember the yeah, call with totally. him being like very similar. It's like, you've built something of value. Like you have something here, like don't just walk away from it. And, and I don't know if there's ever inherently just like plain good advice or plain bad advice, like everyone's situation is different, but having those people in your corner who understand business to some degree and basically are just, you know, saying, Hey, look, you've made it this far. You can, you know, take the rest of the day off or take a breath, like realize how far you've come and, you know, just get back to it when, when you can, but like all hope is not lost. Like I think there were so many different times in starting campground booking where it was like something felt like it was the end of the world and it wasn't. I, I don't know if that was what you were going through in that moment, but I just feel like that's part of the journey that I think if any entrepreneur says they haven't went through, then maybe they're just like way smarter than the rest of us or they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, it's rare for me. Like I'm a, I'm a pretty confident person and I've seen a lot of success in the things that I've done, but that one moment, that's probably the lowest I've ever felt. And then it happened again to me actually just a few weeks ago where I was like, I'm done. This is, this is so silly. Like I just ugh, like, ugh, you know, and uh, you know, the next day I woke up and I just laughed at myself and I'm like, no, Liz, like you're just getting started. Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely, even Michael Jordan quit basketball for a year and a half. Like sometimes you just burnt, you're just burnt out. Yeah. And I think that this is actually very relevant to selling a company after recently mm -hmm. having gone through this process myself, because there's something to be said about just getting to the finish line. Like if you can just find that thing and stick with it. There was this guy I played baseball with in college and it, this will come back around, but like he was injured. He, I never saw him play when he did play. He was just like, okay. And then I looked up like five or six years later after he'd been in college a really long time and he got drafted by the Yankees. And I was like, this guy wasn't even good. Like how did he make it to the, he just kept with it. He just had, you know, so I think there's something to be said about, you know, like if you can find a way to get through those hard moments with a little bit of perspective and, or, or good relationships and, and things like that. Like you could have a ramping off point too. So going back to your story, you always knew that you wanted somebody else to be able to carry it. You didn't want it to be revolved around you. But one of the things you did really well was you weren't afraid to insert your personality and be who you really were. And I feel like that's what attracted people to you. And I also think that moving, like as you sold that business and are doing something different now, people are going to want to follow you because it's not like, I don't know if how you feel about this, but a lot of times it's not just about the content. Like we go through different things in our life. Sometimes we're interested in traveling mm -hmm. full-time in RV. Other times we're growing a family or running a startup or doing a garden and you go through different interests, but like I'm interested in who you are, Liz, as a person and how you apply yourself and like have dedication and the energy that you bring. And I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are around something like that, because a lot of times people get mixed up and like what the topic is. And I think it's actually more important to have something to say and how you say it. I don't, I don't know if you, if you feel differently or how you think about that. Yeah. So of course, you know, like I mentioned, you know, if you don't know me, I am who I am. If you can't tell by the last 30 minutes of listening, <laughs> when I was looking for a buyer, I was looking for someone like, I didn't want to just sell it to anyone you know, I wanted someone who got it, right? Like who got the concept of the virtual campground. Like there was a reason I named it that, right? I really wanted it to be this place where people come together. I actually, it comes back to, dang, Heath, I sound like a super fan. Like it comes back to this podcast. I was listening to you interview Kevin and Mandy and on the show, Mandy talked about how she was lonely, and that, I was like, oh, that's it. Like no one is, there's no blog out there that I knew of that that's the pain point they're solving, loneliness, right? 
And so I was like, that's when I came up with the idea for the virtual campground. Thank you, Mandy, if you're listening. There's no commission, but thank you. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I want, it, I want this virtual place where people can come together, share stories like a campground. You know, when you walk around, you know, you've got like your Coke or your beer in your hand, right? You just kind of, you know, like, hey, I like your rig, whatever. Like, that's what I envisioned the blog being. And I just happen to be a good hostess, right? Like my personality lends well to, you know, bringing like-minded people together and that want to live like a fun, simple life. And so that's kind of how I used my personality to attract people. Um, and so I wanted a buyer that got that. And so with Deborah and Barry, like the first thing they said when we started talking, I was like, oh, what's your interest? They were like, we love the name, the virtual campground. It's so perfect. And I was like, oh, so you get it. Okay. And Barry had been, I think he was like one of my first subscribers or he was like in the first thousand or something. So I had known him. I had met him through the RV Entrepreneur Summit as well. And so they just really got that. And while their, you know, their personalities are obviously very different than mine, it was the, I guess, like the concept of having a virtual campground, the concept of like being the hosts of this, facilitating that and like having that type of personality versus like, hey, I'm Liz, I'm loud and proud type of thing. That part of the personality, I think is very similar in the three of us. So being able to, like you said, have something that wasn't just about you, but there was an idea, there was a value proposition, a bit more on the practical side of building up, you know, different revenue streams and pro like what type of products did you have on the website? Because it's, you don't always have to have products to sell something, but I mean, you could have advertising that could be your product. So mm -hmm. what did you kind of have as a breakdown of different products on the website after you started building an audience and connecting with people around this concept of virtual campground? Yes. Like what were those different like buckets? Super fun question. Thank you for asking. Okay. So I have done it all folks. I really have. If you've thought of it as a digital product, I have sold it. My very first product was a book about poop. It was called Tales from the Black Tank. And I'm so glad that everyone listening to this podcast, I don't have to explain what a black tank is, <laughs> but it was just a collection of hilariously crappy RV stories. So I asked again, going back to those partners, I just, I think I even asked in the RV entrepreneur group, I was like, does anybody have a crappy RV story? I'm going to put together this book. I'll give you an affiliate link, like, or I'll give you 15 bucks. Cause that's all I had. And I ended up getting, you know, there were like 12 or 13 chapters. I wrote one. I think Alyssa wrote one, Camille, all these people that I'm still really good friends with. And so that was my first product. And it actually got picked up by an international sponsor. I was selling it for name your own price. And it was Campanda. It was that RV. It's kind of like RV share, but they're in Europe. And they said, we'll give you $10 for every every lead that, that we get, if we can use this, you know, and give it away for free. I was like, great. I made thousands and thousands of dollars on that. I think I made like $7,000 in like two months from that deal. And I had never made like $7,000 that quickly in my life. <laughs> like I was like, holy crap, I'm a millionaire. And so that was the first product. And I, I don't think that's for sale anymore because it kind of, it kind of fizzled out. People always, they started knowing me as the RV poop lady, but then people didn't want to buy the book anymore. So I don't think that the virtual campground sells that anymore, but maybe, maybe if there's enough demand, they'll bring it back. So email them because I think it's a fun book. I think they <laughs> should sell it or give it away. It's just super fun. I just, I just love that book. And then, you know, I did the summit with other partners that was not part of the sale, full disclosure, because I co-owned that, you know, I couldn't sell my share. But as I really started thinking about, you know, like, okay, I'm going to get serious. I am going to sell this thing one day. I actually built a course. I hired Danny, who I mentioned earlier, maybe 20 minutes back. And she's, I don't know if she offers these services anymore, but she was a project manager at the time. And I started to, I wanted to build up kind of like affiliate funnels. Like, oh, if they're a sometimer, 
I'm going to sell them this, that, and the other. I think Alyssa even gave me an affiliate link for your book, The RV Entrepreneur. She's like, I've never had anyone want to be an affiliate, but here you go. <laughs> and so I had a funnel for that. I had a funnel for Ashley Mann's declutter course. I had an affiliate funnel for Camille's remote work. You know, all, all these things all the main players like in the little RV blog community. I had, I had a funnel for it, but then Danny, or we were building the funnel and I said, Danny, you know, my goal for building all this is I want to sell this thing. And she said, again, Danny, sorry, no commission off the sale of the blog, but she, she said, well, Liz, you probably need an asset that makes the money you want to make that you actually own, not, you know, if you want to get the money you want to get, you know, you need your own asset. So I said, okay, I'll create a course. I know what the course is. It's RV maintenance. I have a ton of people on my list. And my husband at the time, if you go back to our past episode, Heath and him talk about, he was an RV mechanic. So I hesitate to say begged. He would probably roll his eyes, but I I begged him, please create this course with me. I know how to sell. I've been selling at this point. I'd had the blog two years, two and a half. I had sold a ton of stuff. I'd made quite a bit of money. I'd done sponsorship deals. That was another asset, sponsorship, partnerships. That relationship is definitely an asset to your blog. I said, please create this thing with me. So he did. I, I sent out an email. I said, hey, is anybody interested? We're going to, I think, I think I finally convinced Ed to create a course on RV maintenance. And I had 141 people click And three months later, we launched the course and we had 141 sales and it was freaking awesome. And Heath, if you can, you should find the picture by Joe Hendricks of me and Danny high-fiving when I made my hundredth sale at your event, because that was like the highlight of my life. And somehow (laughs) Joe was standing right there. Joe always captures the great moments. I don't know how he was just standing there. It was it was meant to be like, you can even just like Google Liz Wilcox, Joe Hendricks, and that picture will probably come right up. But anyway, so that was the main asset. And especially it did so well with sales. But again, like I said, like I've been emailing people forever. That's actually what I went into email marketing. Cause I was like, holy crap. Cause everyone was like, how the heck a hundred percent conversion? Like that's impossible. And I was like, well, I don't think it was that hard. And so that's my new business. But anyway, that was the main asset. And so I said, okay, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it through the end of the year and I'm just going to promote the crap out of this course. I partnered with ultimate bundles to get a lot of students in there. I did flash sales. I relaunched it a few times. And by the time that I sold the blog almost one year, yeah, it was one year to the launch of the course, the one year anniversary, I think like one year and one day, we had over 300 students. And so that was the main asset along with the book, the sponsorship relationships, some affiliate income, and the email list. The email list when I sold it, I believe the open rate was 46 or 48%. I'd like to say 48, but I think it's 46% open rate, which I think is pretty crazy. But that was also I mentioned that because that's why, you know, that was a real asset to say 46% of these 5,000 people or however many were on the list, like open my emails regularly, click over, you know, are actively engaged. It was a very healthy list and a very successful course. I think it's what really made the sale. Did anybody ever tell you that you couldn't have that high a conversion rate? Nobody would ever (laughs) suggest that, right? Uh, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. One time I told Heath and I went to dinner, I don't know, about six weeks ago. And I told him, you commented one time and you said, oh, the the older and the bigger email list gets, the lower your open rate will get. And I said, I'll show you, mister. And so that's why that's, I, again, no commission, Heath. Sorry. Um, I get all my best ideas from great people. And I, and so now I teach people how to get high open rates like that list is at 54% open rate. But those were those were the biggest assets. And to bring it back to Heath's question about the personality and putting your, you know, it's your face. And if you're listening to this, and you've got an RV blog, and you think, Oh, well, maybe I don't want to RV all the time, maybe I can sell mine too. 
my biggest piece of advice and what I had been doing and how I was able to answer it. Well, you know, you're Liz Wilcox, like, won't everyone leave once you do is just centering folks around that idea of whatever you've got to have like a vision or a mission. And my vision was always to have this virtual campground. Um, but I didn't know how to execute that. And so I think that's what the new owners are doing really well, creating more of a community. I know they've got forums and such, but like just slowly taking yourself out of the equation, like even the course, my face wasn't even on it. Right. And the book, I wasn't the only person in the book, the affiliates, you know, I have nothing to do with the affiliates, the blog posts. I don't think I've written a blog post for the virtual campground. I, as of this recording, I sold it a year ago. I don't think I've written a blog post in three years for the virtual campground. I started getting other people to write, tell their stories. There's a series on the virtual campground called like inside the RV and it's all other people. And so it was really always about that community. And so if you're thinking of selling your blog one day, like being able to sort of pivot or like create those assets within your brand of other people, that will really behoove you. I like that a lot. So you built the audience, you created different products and kind of removed yourself. How did you actually find someone to buy the blog like did you just start saying hey by the way this thing's for sale when talking to people did you post about it online did you put it on any listing services like when you were really serious about wanting to hand over the reins to somebody else like what did that process look like sure so the first thing I did was read a book about how to sell your blog and it told me you know basically if you've ever done like a sponsorship package you know you put together a proposal right you put together all your assets etc so I put together something like basically a media package type of thing for your own business you know I got it evaluated and you know slapped the price on and then I just, yeah, just kind of like what Heath just said about just telling people. I just started saying, I'm selling this thing. I had already started the email marketing thing. I had started a new email list for that. So I was already, you know, I was committed. And so people saw that. So, oh, Liz is selling her blog. And I had been talking about it for maybe a year, 18 months or so. And so people were like, oh, she's really doing it this time. And so that also helped spread the word. And I had, I had gone into, you know, the advertisement company, Media Vine. They, in that Facebook group, they have a lot of buyers in there. And so I had posted a few times in there and I'd gotten on phone calls with folks and, you know, none of them were really good fit. You know, they wanted, there's something called like niche sites, building niche sites. It's a really, it's a very lucrative thing. That should be a podcast episode if it's not you know, building up websites and just selling them. And so there were a lot of people like that. And they had that big question of, well, I'm not Liz Wilcox. This is a blog. Like this is clearly a travel blog type of thing. And so I had, that just wasn't the right fit. So finally it was, I don't like things that happen slowly. I like for things to just happen right away. I got kind of fed up and I remembered that Danny sold her business in your Facebook group, the RV Entrepreneur. And so I just went in there. Hey, by the way, it was like the last place I had not announced that I was selling. By the way, you know, I'm selling my site, you know, DM me and I'll send over some info if you're actually interested. And I'm not going to name names, but there were clearly some people that just wanted my package to see all the details of my business. <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on. I got a ton of DMs. I don't even know. It was like dozens and dozens. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I want that. And some of them, it was pretty obvious that they weren't actually interested in buying my blog. They just wanted to see behind the scenes, which all you got to do is ask. I'm an open book. It was Deborah and Barry Benton who I know you're going to have on the podcast as well. So definitely listen to both episodes. They said, oh, we love the virtual campground. We've always understood what you were trying to build. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't have the passion for it anymore. I love this email marketing thing. Like I love RVing, but you know, I know it's, it's coming to an end. And I know I've always tried to build something that could live even without me. 
And they seemed to like really just understand that. And I think it was only, we only talked for about a month before we signed the papers. We signed the papers, I think it was the day the pandemic hit, right? <laughs> I was like, I gotta sign these papers before they change their minds. <laughs> it was March 19th, 2020. And if I'm remembering right, the day after my birthday, I was so freaking excited because I just, you know how sometimes you just know something's going to go right and you just, you know, feel it like everything, you know, of course there's always snags, there's always negotiation, there's always things you're going to disagree on, but I just felt like this is theirs now, right? Once we really got everything going, I was like, this is theirs. And I stayed on with them for four months. They didn't know anything about blogging. They just, again, they were like just totally sold into the virtual campground like that in itself, which is always what I was trying to do with every subscriber. Like, let's build this virtual community. Going back to Mandy, like, I don't want anyone to feel like they're lonely, like they don't have anyone to talk to. And they just, they just got that right away. And so I stayed on for four months. I taught them all the ins and outs of like how to launch. We launched the course together. That was great. We we did, I, oh, I also had a YouTube show. I forgot to bring that up. That was another asset building up the YouTube for ads and things. I also had Mediavine on my site. Those are some other things for you to write down about blogging. But we did, we did the show together a few times before they took it over. And it's so cool. Even a live show, which I thought, wow, that's really Liz Wilcox, right? Like that's literally my face talking for 60 to 90 minutes once a week. But they were able to take that over and they, they do it now. Like it's the same name, you know, the virtual campground live or TVC live. And they do it and it's, it's way, they are so much more successful. I know their email list has grown. I know their following has grown. They've got way more YouTube videos than I ever did. And it's just like, that's the coolest thing. This is something I was talking about Heath privately with when we went to dinner about like selling something and just seeing, being able to see like, whoa, I built that. I built something valuable, like he mentioned a little bit ago, and now it's living and breathing and going on and growing without me. And now I sound like I'm describing Chelsea. <laughs> um, like, that's so cool. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's the best feeling. I love watching them do the show. I love seeing their posts on Facebook. I love seeing, I'm still in the Facebook group. I love seeing people ask them questions and it being like this real thing and this real community and they're doing they're doing a live event in October and I can't wait for that it's going to be in Colorado I think because it's like that's what I always wanted to do but I had the vision but I didn't I just couldn't get there right and to see it all like actually they have forums on the website now and that you know what I wanted to do right and it's just it's so freaking stellar and they've done things that I was like oh I would never do that but it's cool to see that it's you know, it's able to be done. I always say like, it doesn't have to be my idea. It has to be the best idea. And to see like that literally taking shape every day with that business is like, wow, I'm a real, I'm a real entrepreneur. It's really cool. You are. And I mean, you're right. That is so cool to be able to build something and see it continue going. If somebody else was thinking about the idea of selling something they've started, what do you feel would be just advice or lessons that you would share after having went through that process yourself with the virtual campground? Number one, just know that no matter what it is, it is valuable. Like you are a real entrepreneur and you've created something real and something valuable. Number two, don't be afraid to like get creative in where you're going to sell it or who you're going to sell it to. And like, even if you just have the notion, I would suggest looking up resources like that, you know, the book, I think the book was something like how to sell your blog for six figures or something. And even if, you know, you know, you know, you know, in your gut, like, oh, I would never get six figures. Like it, it will show you the steps that you need to take. It will show you those assets you need to build. It will show you, you know, what's possible and how you can start building towards the sale. And that's actually, that's what I want to do now is buy and sell blogs. <laughs> like that's what I'm hoping with the email marketing will help me fund buying and selling blogs on the side to build those multiple streams of income to build 
that financial runway he was always talking about. But just like knowing that you have value, being patient to find the right buyer and just feeling confident because it's nerve wracking, like getting on a call with a stranger and saying like, yeah, I want to sell this thing I created. And, you know, and having, it's kind of like, I imagine how people feel defending their thesis in like their graduate degree or something. It's really, it really can be nervous or nerve wracking, especially if it's the first company you've ever built or the first, or you've never even thought of it as a company. You just think of it as this thing that you built, right? That either makes money really well, or maybe just even occasionally, and you're ready to move on to the next thing. But just having that confidence that, you know, this is real and it is valuable, I think will take you really far. I love that. Before we go, what are you doing now? I do email marketing. I teach people how to make those online connections that are real and authentic. I think with the virtual campground, I met something like over 100 of my subscribers over the, over the three years that I owned it. And I'm not saying you have to go out and do that. It was obviously easy with a travel blog to meet a lot of your subscribers, but I teach how to turn that new follower, that new email subscriber into a friend, and then how to turn them into a customer. Because yeah, once I did that course launch and had 141 sales and I had looked back and I thought, wow, everything that I've ever launched made money. How did I do that? And I came up with that, you know, follower, friend, customer um, framework. I realized I need to tell everyone about this because I get so sad when I see other people, you know, in the Facebook group or, you know, around town, whatever. Oh, I, I spent six months creating a course and I made two sales and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we can do this together. Let me, let me show you. So that's what I do now. Where's the best place for people to connect with you if they want to learn more or work with you? Sure. We can go all the way back to the beginning. LizWilcox.com. <laughs> I just want to make, I want to make sure that it's, that it's in there because we are in people's ears. So that way they can make sure to, to go there. Definitely with LizWilcox.com, if nothing else, I paid a lot of money for that website and I want you to look at it because it's really fun. Like I'm not a technical person. I think the very first thing that Deborah and Barry did was redo the homepage of that blog. But this one, I invest, you know, I invested some of that sale money and I, I did the website right. It's really fun, especially if you're into like late 90s, early 2000s culture. It's definitely got like a Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince vibe. And I just love to brag about it. And if you're interested in how, you know, I really built that foundation of email subscribers, you can get my freebie there. It, you know, it shows you exactly how to write every single email in the welcome sequence. I wrote it for you. You can take it and make it your own. Um, or you can find me on Instagram. That's where I live most of, most of the time. I share awesome in-sync memes and share email tips at the Liz Wilcox. I love it. Thank you so much, Liz, for coming back on the podcast. It was, uh, as always, it was, it was great to catch up. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and thank you for listening. I can't wait to see what you do with your email list. And if you ever sell your blog, let me know. Thanks, Liz, for coming on the show. And thanks, Pillow Pack, for sponsoring this episode. If you're listening to this episode and it's the last week of May 2021, Pillow Pack is running a 20% off promo this week only. Details and coupon code are linked in the show notes of your podcasting app. Thank you so much for listening. And like Liz said, we will be back next week with Deborah and Barry sharing the other side of this story, how to buy a blog. We'll see you then.